is our message that we need to be taking to a sin-sick, fearful world is that God the Father offers, offers grace and peace to all those that believe and trust in Him. What people need to hear today is that there is the true and living God, the God of all creation, who loves them, who cares for them, and who offers salvation and offers eternal life to each and every person through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, if they will only believe by faith. Believe that He died, that He was buried, that He rose again. What a loving God He is to offer that salvation to all who believe. That is the message that we have the opportunity, the privilege of sharing on His behalf. And the point is, the only way that they are going to hear that truth is for the church, the body of Christ, us, to share this life-changing message. Amen? God's Word is very clear that Jesus saves, that his faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. They will not know that truth. They will not understand that truth unless we tell them. Faith comes by hearing, and if they don't hear and hear the gospel, they're not going to respond. And I believe that time is running out. Amen? Something is seriously wrong with the church. Something is seriously wrong with our spiritual barometers if we don't take that truth Take that fact seriously. We need to be about our Father's business during these, these last days. Amen? We have a message. We've been given the joy and privilege of being ministers of the word of reconciliation, of being ambassadors for Christ. We need to take that role seriously. But here's the question. Until then, until the Lord either calls us home by death or at the rapture, um, what type of church do we here at St. Louis Bible Fellowship, what type of body of believers do we want to be? I can tell you this, we want to be loving, we want to be caring, we want to be bold, we want to be courageous, we want to be giving, we want to be alert. Of all that's happening in the world today, we want to be Bible proclaiming, we want to be gospel preaching. That's the type of church that we want to be. But let me tell you what else. We want to be the type of church that gives a coat to a homeless woman on a cold, frigid night. This happened Wednesday night. Harriet's not here, so I'm going to brag on her just a little bit. It was cold Wednesday night. And she came in for Bible study. And uh, there was a lady here that didn't have a coat and was going to be going back out into the cold. And Harriet took her coat off. Nice coat. Gave it to that woman. That's the kind of church I want us to be that sees a need like that. Let me tell you the kind of church I want to be. I want to be a church 
that's made up of people who pastor their, or pester, pester their pastor, try saying that, pester their pastor to death to get more tracks. That's Ken Miller back there. Did you get the tracks in? We've already given out the, but Ken, I just ordered a bunch of tracks. I know we've given those away. That's the kind of church I want to be, where people just say, did you get those tracks? When are we going to get those tracks in? We've got more tracks to hand out. That's the kind of church I want to see St. Louis Bible Fellowship be. Maybe not all of you pestering me, but let Ken be the designated pesterer, okay? And he's really not a pester. I praise God that people are so excited about handing out tracts and witnessing and sharing their faith that they, okay, pastor, their pastor, did you get them? I want to be the kind of church that people say, we need to buy another Bible study on Wednesday afternoon. We can't get here Sunday night, but we want another Bible study. So thank you, Marge and Janet and Carolyn and Vera. Surely so many of you said, we want another Bible study. That's the kind of church that we want to be, right? I want to be the kind of church that is burdened for their families that show up on Wednesdays and they pour their hearts out. Pastor, pray for our family. My children aren't saved. My grandchildren aren't saved. Uh, pray, for, pray for my family where they have such a real burden for their family and for the lost. Isn't that the type of church that we want to be? That burdens, that has a burden for the lost. A body of believers who love God with all their heart, with all their mind, and with all their soul. I want to be a type of church where the dads desire for their kids to see Christ in them. That's the kind of church I want to be. I want to be the kind of church that moms are not ashamed for their children to see them praying on their knees for them. Setting that example of a godly mom and a godly dad, dad, godly grandparents. People who are not ashamed of the gospel, all they know, but although they know that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, and the world is going to look at their message and their behavior and their actions as foolishness, they're still not ashamed to share the gospel because they understand that it is the power of God unto salvation. It takes boldness, it takes courage, it takes determination. But folks, our time is running out for us to be serving here on earth because I think we're going to have a grand time serving in glory. I want to be a church that's not concerned with being ridiculed, but greatly concerned about not being that all God would have us be when it comes to faithfulness and serving Him. I want to be the kind of church that esteems others better than themselves. And I've said this so many times, that's the way to keep from having divisiveness, from dividing a church. It's when everyone thinks of the other person better than, themselves, better than themselves, they put the needs of the other person first. That, that's how you keep from having squabbles. That's how you keep from having arguments. It's each person esteeming the other person better than themselves. Is what Paul told the church in Philippi. And that's absolutely the case. 
This morning I want to talk about the five aspects of being a healthy church. Five aspects of being a healthy church or a church that cares. Now this is not original with me. I kind of wished it was. Uh, Ken Parker, who used to be the president of the Grace Gospel Fellowship, kind of came up with this about 10 years ago, came to our church, he, he shared it. Well, this morning, I, I, I want to sort of build on some of the things that, that Ken Parker said. And I, I think it's time for us as a church to revisit uh, five aspects of a healthy church or a healthy body. And what I liked about what Ken did is he used a comparison between the Sea of Galilee, you, know, you remember that? He used a comparison between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Anybody remember when Ken was here and did this? Well, hey, maybe I dreamed it, so I will take credit for it, okay? But, uh, but no, Ken was here, and he shared uh, the comparison between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea when it, when it comes to being a healthy church. One is teeming with life and beautiful and refreshing. The other is dead, useless, and stagnant. The Sea of Galilee Church or the Dead Sea Church? What, which one do we want to be? That's the Sea of Galilee. It's vibrant. The Dead Sea, on the other hand, is not very attractive. That's looks like snow. Well, what is it? It's salt. It's salt. So do we want to be one that's alive or do we want to be a church that's, that's dead? This kind of resonates with me because I remember years ago, uh, right after my dad came to know the Lord, he shared with me uh, a, a little as we were driving down the road and, and he was just kind of sharing about his his relationship with Christ, and, and uh, he started talking about his Christian journey. And he said, you know, it's, Rick, it's sort of like my journey from the, going from the Dead Sea to the Sea of Galilee. And he says, as I go up the Jordan, as I mature in Christ, as I live for the Lord, it just gets more and more beautiful. It gets more and, and, and more sweeter as I go from what was dead to what's alive. And I, and I, at that time, I just thought, boy, that's preaching material. That's good stuff. And oh, the joy of just hearing my dad talk, talk like that was such a blessing. So when Ken came and he started making these comparisons, I thought, well, that's fantastic. That's, that's really good for us to know and compare ourselves to what constitutes a healthy church. What constitutes a healthy church? There are five aspects that Ken goes into about the difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Five aspects. One is quality. One is vitality. One is attraction. Uh, four is capacity. And five is dynamics. So quality, vitality, attraction, capacity, and dynamics. All of those can be uh, compared with the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee or with our church. 
What about the quality of this body of believers as we come together? The Sea of Galilee, when it comes to quality, the water is refreshing, the water is pure, the Dead Sea water is repulsive, it is not patable. Uh, did I say repulsive? The water is repulsive. Sea of Galilee. It's teeming with fish. It's vibrant. There are jobs that are associated with it. Uh, different vocations all around that, that, that take place because of the... You can put that up there, Tim. Just leave that one picture of the, the Sea of Galilee up there. There's farming that takes place uh, around there. Uh, the one thing causes people to go to the Sea of Galilee is so they can have the experience of sitting out there and floating and not sinking. That's about the only thing that the Sea of Galilee, I mean the Dead Sea, is for. But the Sea of Galilee, it's teeming with fish, it's vibrant, there's farming. And you know what's the most interesting part about, I think, the Sea of Galilee? when you do some research on it, it is the starting point of what they call the national water carrier in Israel. The national water carrier. It's a conduit or a canal that conveys fresh water to Israel's densely populated coastal region. So from out of this sea... uh, All of Israel, or a good part of Israel, receives fresh water. It's a source of of water in which um, the people can can live. A healthy church, a church that desires to serve God, is going to be a church that understands its role to share the living water with a parched, parched world. That's where the evangelism, evangelism comes in. You know, one of the things that uh, years ago that we determined to be as a church, we sort of set this aside as our mission statement, is that we wanted to be a church that exalts the Savior, equips the saints, and evangelizes the lost. That's what we wanted to be known for. Is a church that, that exalts the Savior when it comes to worship, that people uh, come together to, to, to lift their hearts and their voices and their praise and, and song to the Lord Jesus. Matter of fact, we adopted the verse Psalm 34 4. That's even in our bulletin. Psalms 34 4, uh, 34 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what we want to do as a church. I think I've shared with you before. That's, that's the, the, the verse that Faye and I picked when uh, she first asked me to marry her. Uh, I just wanted to see if you were sleeping. When I ask you though, right? Yeah, that's right. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Psalm 35. 27 and 28. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor, that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. See, as we come together as a healthy church, a church that, 
that thinks of, of being that church that the water of life just flows through where we can share the, the gospel of Christ that we come together to exalt the Savior. We come together to equip the saints. 2 Timothy 2.15, we've quoted that a few times, right? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we need to be as a church, to equip the saints, explaining to them about right division and how to approach the scripture. Faye and I were at a, uh, a Lincoln Day dinner last night, and um, the, the pastor of that church where it was held, uh, uh, that asked God's blessings on the meeting and, and on the food and all, he quoted that scripture, but I, I didn't recognize from which translation he quoted it from, but uh, Faye said, was that Second Timothy 2.15 he quoted? And I said, yeah, but you'd never gotten the right message out, out of that, so you have to be careful. But as we equip the saints, we want to make sure they understand that we have an obligation to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. Women that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We want to be that quality church, that church that understands the need to search the scriptures daily to see if these things be so. We need to evangelize. We need to reach out to the lost if they hear the good news that Christ died for them, was buried and rose again, in order for them to have eternal life, what they must do is to believe in what Christ has done on their behalf. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 34, Paul tells the church in Corinth, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. Wow. Wouldn't you hate it? Wouldn't you hate it to know that that's what the Lord Jesus thinks of our congregation? Some have not the knowledge of God in St. Louis Bible Fellowship. I speak to this, I speak this to your shame because you have not been willing and faithful to share that old, old story of Jesus and his love. Listen, folks, we share the gospel not because we want to grow our local congregation, but because we want to see people come to the right relationship with Christ Jesus. If that grows our congregation, fantastic. But what we're concerned about is that there are people that are going to die and go to hell, a Christless eternity. That's what we're concerned about. That's our message, is they don't have to, that Christ has paid the debt that they owe. I think one of the saddest scriptures in the entire Bible is Psalm 142.4. 142.4. I looked on my right hand, or my right hand, and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Isn't that sad? No man cared for my soul. May that never, ever be said about this congregation that we care about the souls of our family members and of our friends and of our acquaintances and those strangers that we meet along the way every day. That our desire is to exalt the Savior 
Our desire is to equip the saints. Our desire is to evangelize the lost. Understanding that we want to be a quality, uh, vibrant congregation. One that is a conduit of that living waters. It just flows through us. That people desire to come and, and worship with us. As I said before, the Dead Sea, it's not palatable. The quality is poor. As a matter of fact, the water level on the Dead Sea is now so low that it hardly can call it a lake, much less than a sea. The water quality, and it, it's, just, it's just not flowing the way it, it used to. It's so dead that it almost ceases to exist. And here's something we need to understand about the Dead Sea. Fish flow into this from down the Jordan, but they don't survive. They don't survive. What type of church do we want to be? One that's teeming and alive or one that offers nothing but death and lies? I know which one I choose. I know which one I pick. It's certainly not the Dead Sea. Fish that flow in, they die quickly. They die quickly. That takes us to the next aspect, and that's vitality. Vitality. Sea of Galilee, again, is full of life, uh, life-giving. It's active. It attracts people. It's vibrant. If you look up the word vitality in the dictionary, it has to do with lively. It has to do with the capacity to develop. If a church is, has vitality, it, it's able to develop plans and programs and, and, and ways of reaching people for Christ. The, uh, the opposite of vitality is lethargic and sluggish. Dead Sea is definitely sluggish and lethargic. Do we want to be a Dead Sea? I don't think so. I think we want to be alive and well. The Dead Sea is associated with death. The Dead Sea does not attract. Its Sea of Galilee is alive. It's purposeful, and it's serving. Um, when we talk about vitality, that, that even inc includes our method of worship. That includes how we come together, how we pray, how we sing praises, uh, how we preach. All of those things are important to this church. Does it attract people when they come in? the door? Do they want to be part of this congregation? Do they see it as lively or do they see it as a yawner? How do they see it? Now when I'm talking about lively, I mean I've been to churches before that it was lively. Well people would say, isn't it lively? And I'd say, no, it's chaotic. And I, I'm not talking about those kind of churches. I mean let me tell you, the first person jumps up and starts running around, I'm going to tackle you. Because that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about lively, with vitality. The first person that starts jumping over pews and rolling around, you're going to get stopped. That's not what I'm talking about. But you know, there is a presence. 
that I want people to feel when they walk in that door. I sat up here a while ago, and I watched so many of you come in, and you were hugging one another. You were greeting one another. You were holding each other's hands, and you were talking, and, and you, you were enjoying that fellowship to such a degree that I almost didn't want Pat to get started playing. And when he started playing, I went, oh, man, because there was just so much expression of love and attention going on. i got to tell you, that is important. Now, I don't recommend you go up to a complete stranger that walks in and just throw your arms around and starts loving on them. That might not be advisable. But you know what? They notice the love. They notice the respect. They notice the attention. They, they can tell if a church is a loving church. If it's a church that, that loves to come together with members of the body of Christ and worship together worship together the third aspect of a healthy church is attraction is attraction sea of galilee is absolutely beautiful it is beautiful the dead sea is barren that's that's beautiful makes you kind of want to go swimming makes you want to go fishing it's inviting. The Dead Sea, on the other hand, Tim, you have that one that just shows all those salt pillars there. Well, that's, is that inviting? It looks like a different planet. Looks like a different planet. I want to be a church that people walk in and they go, this is, this is beautiful. And I think, I think the church the building is important. People say, well, the building is not the church. You're right. I understand. The church is the body of Christ. You're the church. It's not the bricks and the mortar and the stained glass. But I think it's important that we have a building that, that people can tell that we desire to take care of. Well, I don't think the building matters to the Lord. Folks, read the description of the New Jerusalem. Read the description of heaven. The tabernacle itself, the temple, it was glorious, it was grand, it was beautiful. God loves beautiful things, because look at the earth. So he, he loves beautiful things. We want to have a church building that attracts people, that makes them want to come and worship. I think it's just healthy for us to, to desire to want to have a place that we can come together and worship the Lord Jesus. We want to have a church that's friendly, a church that's loving, a church that attracts people and saying, you know what, I, I want to be part of that congregation. They preach the word of God in truth. They love one another, but more importantly, they love the Lord Jesus Christ. They worship God. They desire to serve Him. That attracts. The Word of God attracts. And that's why we'll continue to preach it and stand on it and never apologize for being a Bible-believing church. The fourth, the fourth aspect is capacity. 
The Sea of Galilee is really deep. The Sea of Galilee is deep. The Dead Sea, I think it's 175 feet at the, at the, uh, the deepest part. That's deep, 175 feet. I mean, it's not the ocean, but 175 feet is deep, especially compared to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is not very deep at all. It's pretty shallow. And so when I think of capacity, you know, we want to be a deep-thinking church. We don't want to be superficial. We want to be a church that, that loves God, who loves His Word, that our, our study is deep, it has meaning, and we're equipping the saints as we study. And I'm here to tell you that your church is only as, as deep as your pastor and your elders and your, your, your deacons and your, your leaders the church is only going to be as deep as, as those men and those women put time and effort into study the Word of God. Men who put uh, uh, time and effort in knowing what God's Word says. I want to be Sea of Galilee deep. I want there to be meaning to our worship. Not shallow. We understand that as we come together to worship, we're prepared to teach God's Word. We're prepared from, from a, a time of being in God's Word during the week, whether it be Sunday school or Wednesday nights or preaching, that we've been in the Word so that we can direct people for themselves to get into the Word. i got to tell you, you have no idea, and this is what's interesting, but anyway, you have no idea how much it thrills me during the week to be called by some of you to say, Pastor, what do you think about this verse? What, what, uh, what, do, you, what do you think about this verse? Or how would you explain that? And, and so often you say, uh, Pastor, I know you're busy and I don't want to bother you, but well, let me declare here now, it's not a bother. It has never been a bother. It never will be a bother. Having you call to ask a question, having you email me things. Now, when you email me, I may not be able to email you right back, right away. But I'm telling you, I, I live for that. I enjoy that. I praise God for that, that during the week you're in the Word and you're studying and you have questions, and that question is so important, you can't wait to get here Sundays to get an answer. So you have to call. See, that's, that's when a pastor knows that a church desires to study God's Word and that the Word of God is serious to them. That's important. I want to be a deep church. I want to be a church when people come here, they know that we're going to open up God's Word and we're going to proclaim God's Word and there is going to be meaning behind it. Not for you to have your eyes glaze over as we, as we talk about different things. But when you leave here, you go, oh, it was great to be in the house of the Lord. 
Oh, it was great. I always learned something. If I show up on Sunday, I learn something. If I show up on Wednesday night, if I show up for Sunday school, we learn something from God's Word, being students of God's Word. And the fifth dynamic, or the fifth aspect, is the dynamics of a healthy church. What's interesting about the Sea of Galilee? The Sea of Galilee continues receiving. It's always receiving, and it's always dispersing. The Sea of Galilee receives, and then the Sea of Galilee disperses down the Jordan River. The Dead Sea, it only receives, and it receives, and it receives, and then it becomes stagnant. Doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't do anything. I want the dynamics of St. Louis Bible Fellowship to be a congregation that constantly, constantly is flowing. That our dynamics is such that, that we desire to be the church that yet God, God blesses and, he, and we receive but those blessings we just continue to pour out so that other people benefit. So what type of congregation do you want to be this morning? Do you want to be a Sea of Galilee? Or do you want to be a Dead Sea? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I mean I know who. I know what you'd say. Yeah, we want to be a Sea of Galilee. But sometimes actions speak louder than words. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're exactly right. Talk is cheap. Do we want to be a church that's alive or do we want to be a church that's dead? Do we want to be a church that is flowing or do we want to be a church that is stagnant? And folks, I, I'm not necessarily talking about yeah, that. Wow. I've seen some church members that look like a few of those pillars. <laughs> I recognize that one, one back there. No, that's, but nobody here. That's other churches from long ago. They're not here. That's the Dead Sea. But folks, I'm here to tell you, there are a lot of churches that are filled with folks right now that that's exactly what they look like. Isn't that sad? Does that look alive to you? Or does it look like it's on Mars someplace? But I'm not talking about programs and activities. I mean, and, and programs and activities are good. That's, that's good. But I, that's really second place. I, I'm talking about a place for worship and training for local believers and, and providing them a place, an opportunity to, to grow in Christ, a place that, that provides uh, you with a, a, a springboard for service. It's kind of church that I want to see St. Louis Bible Fellowship be. You know, as I was working on this message, the verse that, that came to me that I think maybe we should adopt as our mission statement for, for 2020 is Isaiah 6, verse 8. That I, I want to be a church that says what Isaiah said when he saw the throne of God when he saw God lifted high and lifted up, 
And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? This is Isaiah speaking. Isaiah said, Here here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me. I've said before, I want to come to church one of these days and it'd just be Faye and Marge. Yeah, we'll include Ralph and Rich and a few of the other oldies but goodies. And you go, where is everybody? Well, they're here on the street corner or they just took a church here or they, they've decided to go to the mission field or, or, or what, something. That's okay. That's okay. Here I am, Lord, send me. That's a quality church. That's a church that is vital. That's a church that understands what it takes to serve God that understands capacity and attraction. Yes, we desire to grow in number. We, we do desire to grow in number. But I'd rather see us grow in Christ. The number will take care of itself. The number will take care of itself. Just like the budget will take care of itself. We've never been concerned about that. You know why? We happen to serve a faithful God. And I trust in His provision more than yours. Or more than anybody else's. I trust Him to do what He said He'd do in His Word. That my God will supply all of our need according to His riches in glory. He was talking to the church in Philippi. And I think the church in St. Louis here on the corner of Graham and Victoria. So I, that's, I, that's what I believe. We want to grow in Christ. You know, I love it. I love it when people say, and I get called all during the week, lots during the week, from people wanting to know and to hear about us on the radio and they want to, they want to take part and come. And I love it when I hear people say, I want to attend your church. That's good. But you know what's even sweeter? What's even sweeter to me is to hear somebody say, I want to go out from your church. I want to go out from that church to rescue the perishing, to care for the dying, telling them that Jesus saves. And as we do that, we absolutely know that the message that we're carrying, that good news, that gospel, is the power of God unto salvation. There's power behind that truth. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you. We thank you for loving us the way you do. We're thankful for that eternal life that we have in Christ. Father, we're thankful that each and every person here you have called to ministry. Father, every person here who has trusted you as Savior, they have a job to do. That you have called each one of us to be ministers of the word of reconciliation. 
to share with a lost and dying world that they can be reconnected to, to you through the finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross. Father, we thank you for that salvation. We thank you for that calling. And Father, I pray that every believer here this morning, that every person desires to be a healthy church, whether they're part of our church or they're going to go home back to their church, but they want to be part of a healthy church. They don't want to be a Dead Sea church. They want to be a Sea of Galilee church. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that has never by faith trusted in Christ Jesus for their salvation, Father, that they will understand completely and fully it's not about what they do to get saved. It's about what Christ has done to save them. Father, that every person here will understand that it's not by works of righteousness that we do, but it's by your mercy you save us. Father, you don't look at our works and our efforts to cause us to be right before you. Father, we come acknowledging that we could never in a million years do enough good works to warrant that reconnection, that reconciliation with you. And Father, we thank you that Christ Jesus did the work necessary cause us to be able to stand before you in his righteousness we thank you for the cross we thank you for that payment in full father help each and every one of us to understand what all the cross accomplished on our behalf that that debt of sin we owed was paid and father the empty tomb tells us that you have the power to raise us up from the dead. Father, we come before you rejoicing that Christ was delivered for our offenses and he was raised again for our justification. Father, you have declared us righteous. You have declared us right before you through the resurrection of Christ. Father, we stand humbled. We stand amazed. We stand to praise you for that salvation. Father, use us here in this community to be the type of church you would have us to be in sharing the good news that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And by faith, we believe that. And Father, the moment we believe, you do your work in our lives. And you continue to do that work throughout our lives. We pray these things in Christ's holy and most precious, wonderful, glorious name. Amen.